One decade ago, I was in the ER, had a small ankle injury, you know, normal stuff that happens. My parents and I were told that I would be on crutches for a couple days. Easy, right? Well, we had no clue what we were in for. And the journey, which we would come to find will be a lifelong journey, was just beginning for us. I went back and forth on the title of our chat today because I don't want our time together today to be perceived as a positivity prescription because if you've been around here for any length of time, I'm not a fan of those. Saying that I'm not a fan is the nice way of putting it. The lessons that God has taught me over the past decade are crazy, but what has come from so much pain, and I'm sure tons of pain in the future, is power, but it's not in me, it's in Him. So now that we've gotten that out of the way, and we're all on the same page, that you will not be hearing a positivity prescription today, let's just get started. Hey friends, I'm Cassie, and I'm a married Spoonie who lives the chronic illness life. Here each week, I'll challenge you to live intentionally and authentically, where every spoon you use has a purpose and every step you take matters. Welcome to Chronically Cultivating. As I was reflecting to talk about this today, because it was the end of January, So we're literally a few weeks past the actual decade of when my medical journey was symptomatically starting. I'd had different medical problems as a kid and whatnot that we couldn't understand or explain. Uh, We had no idea. Eight years later, we would find out all of what we thought I had or didn't have and whatnot came down to a genetic connective tissue disorder. We had no idea. It was January of 2010. Things were visibly very wrong and needed more medical attention. And as I was thinking about all of this, I just realized that, you know, there are a lot of things that I never wanted to know. For instance, I never ever wanted to know exactly which veins with what gauge needle would work to get a peripheral IV. Um, and all the tips and tricks to my veins. I never wanted to know the amount of pounds that if I lost, we would start the discussion of a feeding tube. I never wanted to know what showering once a week is like because I have a port. And yes, for anyone who has tips and tricks, we have tried so many things and we just cannot seem to with where my port is and how close it is to my shoulder to be able to shower. But anyways, um, (laughs) with all that being said, I never wanted to know what that was like. I never wanted to know the questions I would be asked consistently by strangers would be, I never wanted to be in a place where I need to wear a mask when I'm out in public And this was a long before quarantine and before wearing masks were cool. Anyways, there are so many things that I never wanted to know. I don't know how long you've been following me on this journey or whether we are seasoned friends or we're just getting to know one another. I talk about the spoon theory a lot and being a spoonie and that is not my theory. 
If you go to butyoudontlooksick.com, Christine explains that it's her theory. She does a wonderful job, but I'm going to summarize it for you here in case you're listening and you're like, what is a spoonie? What is she talking about? So a spoonie has been um, a big analogy in the chronic illness community for people who have chronic illnesses are able to explain to, I guess you would say, able-bodied or healthy people what living with a chronic illness is like. And she gave them to a friend and she said, all right, I want you to start explaining your day to me. And so she was like, well, I get up, brush my teeth. And she was like, no, 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 no. Waking up is one spoon. Brushing your teeth is another spoon. And so basically this girl went through her whole day and realized that she wasn't even to the end of her day and she only had one spoon left. She couldn't do all the things that she wanted to do. And that is what living with a chronic illness is like. We don't have the energy for everything. And when we're thinking about our day, it takes so much work to do everything. So we have to really intentionally choose how we're going to spend our spoons each day. Sometimes we have to use more spoons than we want. We get negative spoons, but we always keep a spoon in our back pocket. That's the emergency spoon. That's the one that we keep as a just-in-case that we don't plan to use, but we have if we need. So going through the spoon theory, that's a way to basically explain what, you know, living with a chronic illness is like to anybody who has never had to live that life before. So for the entire like detailed story, you can check out Christine's blog on that. It's fantastic. It has been a game changer in the chronic illness community, not just for myself, but for so many others, because it is such a good, tangible way to explain to people what life is like with a chronic illness. You know, the first thing that I want to say as we're talking here today is if you're listening to this and you're able to relate, I'm so sorry. I am so sorry that your life didn't go the way that you planned. I'm sorry for the heartbreak that you have had and even most likely are still currently bearing. I'm sorry for everything that you have and are still going to have to go through because of your diagnosis. All anybody can say is sorry and things like everything happens for a reason or you have to hit rock bottom before you go up. It sucks. And I'm sorry because I'm not just sorry for you. I'm sorry for me. I'm sorry for all the people who have come before me. This life is hard. You know, no one tells you when you get diagnosed with a chronic illness that if your chronic illness is progressive, like mine is, you're going to have to reinvent yourself and your life sometimes way more than once. And if you're one of those people that has just been so strong and has gotten back up and just kept fighting, I respect you so much. Because I know that you are facing literally one of the toughest mental and emotional battles of your entire life, and that there are going to be certain heartbreaks that are never going to go away. But I'm also so proud of you for being where you're at and not giving up. Maybe you aren't necessarily climbing out of the hole that your body has put you in, but you are learning how to survive where you're at. And that is so brave. I have had times over the past decade where I have just been able to, at least through appearance, overcome, beat the odds, all the challenges, la da la da la, right? But I've also had times, especially where I'm at right now, where I'm kind of just surviving in the hole that my body fell in, which I do joke around is a grave, but we're not going to go there today. (laughs) 
Um, I want to talk about reinventing yourself because if I had talked to you about this exact topic about two years ago, it would be drastically different than how I actually talk about it now. You know, when I think about reinventing myself, I think about the story that I've had and the things that have gone on for me personally. And there are many different things. And if you really want to hear me get into all of those things as a whole, you can check out episode 14, I Can Do Hard Things For You, Lord, even this, um, where I talk about just the twists and turns that my body has taken me on and losing our business and all of those things. So when we think about reinventing ourselves, that means that there's a loss. There has to be something that is lost. Even when, you know, the stereotypical analogy is the butterfly and all of that and what that caterpillar has to lose in order to gain its wings. So we think of all those things and we think about reinventing ourselves. I was hopefully on track to dance pre-professionally. That ended at 16. And then I... I would say I rebounded fairly quickly from that in the sense that I started going for my teaching certifications and coaching all the things and um and I loved it and we opened our own business and it was it was fantastic. We loved what we did. I think the thing is that up until this last year, I was very secure. I had built a job for myself that I could do from a wheelchair. And I was very proud of that. Now, I was not in a wheelchair at the time, but I had put things in place so that I knew even if I was in a wheelchair, this would still be able to work out fine. What I didn't think of is what if there are other reasons that maybe I can't sit in a wheelchair for that long or places aren't always handicap accessible. I mean, you can continue to fill in the blanks. What if I'm so sick that I need to be on IVs all the time? Like you can easily fill all these reasons in as to why that wasn't a realistic goal. But I felt so secure in what I had reinvented for myself. What I came to understand is that one, whether you have a chronic illness or not, you are going to go through times in your life where you are going to fail you are going to have to reinvent yourself. This doesn't just happen to people with chronic illnesses. I think what's so hard about having a chronic illness is that you didn't get to make a lot of those choices as to reinventing yourself because you lost a lot of control, which I think is where I've struggled so heavily with. But I know that you may be listening right now and go, no, I've reinvented myself so many times I'm done. Or you may be thinking, I loved my life before and I don't want to reinvent a new one. I don't want this to be my story. I don't want this to be what my life is like because this was not the way that I thought it would be. This is not what I prayed for. And I know, and I'm so sorry because this was not what we thought our lives would look like, right? It's not. I know that you never expected to have to do this. I know that it is unfair. I know that you are tired. I know that you are overwhelmed and frustrated. I know that you are or have screamed at God and don't understand his plan. I know that sometimes you cry in the shower so that other people can't hear you. I know that sometimes you feel like your life isn't worth living. You just want to be done. You know, I often, when I'm talking to people, 
I think of Exodus 14, 14, where the Lord says um, that he will fight for us. We need to only be still. That is of great encouragement. And I know that tomorrow is going to be a new day. And, you know, there's so many times that people will send me a text and they're like, well, tomorrow's a new day. But you know what? That doesn't make today any easier. On those days where my judgment seems clouded and I've lost all control, where everything goes wrong and nothing goes right, and my body just fights me, sometimes I don't want to fight back. I'm tired. And yes, again, tomorrow is a new day and it's a new chance for growth and progress and patience. And I know that what I'm going through today is going to pass, which is awesome. But that doesn't make my struggle right now any easier to bear. I think there are a lot of times, and even myself, where two years ago I had written about this topic and I truly felt and believed in that moment having to reinvent yourself, it wasn't as hard because everybody has to do it, which is true. Like I talked about a couple of minutes ago, but I went into thinking that, well, having to reinvent yourself is good because then you never stop growing. But the downside to that is it's really hard to be content if you can't ever stay in the same place. And I love Isaiah 43:19 and I I truly love this verse but not for this exact reason it says for I am about to do something new see I have already begun I will make a pathway through the wilderness and I will create rivers in a dry wasteland That is beautiful to know he is still working even when I can't see it he's working He's doing what he's got to do. He is going to make a path. He is going to create a river where I am so desperately thirsty. That is amazing. But what if I don't want something new? I just want what I had. If I'm reinventing myself, for instance, making the transition from working with dancers to being in ministry, was not my plan. And I fought it for a very long time because that wasn't what I wanted. That wasn't what I expected. That wasn't what I prayed for. And I cannot wait for you guys to hear the episode that is coming up 38, only two weeks away, because my dad and I are going to dig into that whole process of, Lord, this is not what I prayed for. And I can't wait to share that with you. But With where I'm even at now, yes, I've found that God is still using me with the characteristics that I thought, but not at all in the same way. So when I think about doing something new, does that mean all that I've done is wasted? Even if I'm accepting of the fact that I'm moving into something new and I'm following what God has asked me to do in this moment, which is different than it was a couple years ago. What happens to the past? I'm in ministry now. I was working in the coaching world and dance medicine field. How on earth is that going to ever be used? There are so many things that I know you didn't think your life would be. And I know that as I say this next statement, you might not believe me. But in him, he's going to give you strength because he is the only one that can take your setbacks and turn them into comebacks. In Psalm 34.4, it says, 
I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Having to seek what he wanted for me was scary because I was so afraid to lose who I wanted to be that I wasn't truly seeking his will. I will still say I do believe that OST was what I was supposed to do in that time period. But when God told me to let go, I didn't until he had to fully take it away. We didn't officially close until the summer of 2019. And I stopped seeking what God wanted me to do about a year before that when I knew I knew that we needed to close. I knew that my body was not a place that I could continue and I didn't have somebody to pass it off to. I knew that, but I didn't want to seek his will because again, I was so afraid that I was going to lose what I wanted. And I think I convinced myself that I was truly seeking his plan, but ultimately I was just seeking him to find out how to live the life that I felt called to live. I wanted to be in control of my comebacks, which is so foolish of me because his comebacks are always going to be so much greater than mine. So when I'm moving forward, I was coming to realize that when I surrendered to his plans, I stopped living for myself. And that pressure to reinvent myself just started lessening because no matter what I do, whatever I can or can't do on this earth, I will never change the fact that when I accepted Jesus Christ, he already reinvented me. So I want you to know that I understand your battle. And if you're struggling, I want you to know that, yeah, we're never going to stop reinventing ourselves. But that great reinvention that we're constantly pressured to have and to feel like we can't be just where we're at. We have to constantly be something better. We have to wait till we have all the perfect things in place. But that is not true. You don't need to reinvent yourself. Your calling may change. But once you've been reinvented with Christ, that is the greatest reinvention you will ever have. As long as we're alive, we're going to continue to grow. Every day, my plans change because of my body. And some of the goals I have get pushed to tomorrow. But every day, I get to become a better me. Because even if a better me is lying in bed, just listening to my body that day, that's what he's called me to do. He is right now called me to take care of my body to worship him and how I care for myself and other people and to serve him. That is what I'm called to do. So that is what I'm going to do. Do I wish my calling was set in stone of what I wanted it to be? Of course. That still hurts. That is still so hard. Trust me. Living the chronic illness life is hard. But what I also know is that his strength every time will carry you through. And I know this. Because when we look at all those things and we say, all right, Lord, I've lost who I thought I would be. I'm a follower of you. And now I know I'm already reinvented just by being in your kingdom and a part of your family. But Lord, what about the rest? What about the past? What am I to do with all of that? And he lets us know because we don't want anything to be wasted, right? We don't want to sit here and say, well, I wasted the last decade of my life searching for something that you weren't even going to let me fulfill. Is all of that just wasted? Was that worthless? It's not because he says in Romans 8, 28, and we know 
that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Because this is where things are so encouraging. When I never expected it, he turned my greatest disappointment into my strongest form of empowerment. And I don't want that to be lost on you because he will do the same thing. He will turn your greatest disappointment, your greatest setback, the worst of the worst, and he can use that for his glory. I'm empowered because he has just given me the strength to share this message. It is not about me. It's not. Because as I already told you, it was so foolish of me to think I wanted to be responsible for my comebacks because can yeah, I can do things, but God can do greater things. And how freeing is that to know he's got it. I mean, I never wanted my life to change its plans again and again and again and again. My life has gone in so many different directions and I always, me, I, not with him, I would constantly try to rebound and reinvent my life time and time again. And that was when God had showed me this truth in Romans 8.28 of just being like, hey, I'm not going to waste anything that you've done because I'm God and I'm greater than that. Knowing that I am not responsible to reinvent myself in the sense that it is my job to follow him and his commandments and serve him well and the people around me. But the fact that I don't have to create what I'm called to do, I get to follow that is so freeing. And I'm able to accept that this is where I'm at and he's going to use it for his glory. He gave me a platform, friends, that I didn't want with a purpose that I didn't claim. I was missing all that he had in store for me because I was stuck seeing what I didn't have rather than looking at all that I did. And it is amazing what happens when we step into what he has called us to do. I can very clearly tell you that although my life does not look anything like what I thought it would, and there is still so much hurt and so much brokenness and so much pain, but I have never been more grounded in truth and security that this is where I've been called to be than I ever was in any one of my other endeavors. And it has been a lasting feeling because I'm doing what he's called us to do. As you've heard me continue to talk about the decade, I talk about it because I I can't believe it. And it took just a little under a decade for me to be willing to share the story that he wrote. And you know what? I may not see healing on this side of heaven, but while I am on the side that I'm at, I'm going to use what I have and what he has given me to grow his kingdom. I want you to know that God wants us to invite him in. He will go wherever we welcome him. And on those days where you're tempted to feel the stress and pressure of needing to reinvent yourself, or you're feeling that doubt that God has no plan for you, on those days where you're tempted to be angry because you don't want something new, you want what you had before, in those areas of doubt and hurt and brokenness and anger and confusion, I challenge you to welcome him in because I know I personally used to feel like I need to leave him out of those days where I'm feeling that way or that even if I invited him into those days that he wouldn't want to be a part of it. And thank goodness that's not true. He has always stepped into my hurt and given me peace to be still. So if today isn't your day or tomorrow or the next day, 
That's okay, because fighting sometimes looks like being still. Him turning that pain into power doesn't always come and make you feel like superwoman. Sometimes it just makes you feel content. It just makes you feel seen and it makes us feel known. It's not going to be super glamorous. I mean, for some people it is, but for most it's not. I don't think I could ever describe my life or any part of my medical journey as glorious or glamorous. I mean, come on. It is not glamorous at all. But he still wants to work in our hearts. On the days where we are freed of that pressure to reinvent ourselves, but he also wants to be there. I can't say this enough on those days where you are hurt, broken, and angry. He wants to work in our hearts just as much on those days as he does on the good ones. There's so much weight to all of this, right? I know that I am feeling that right now. But friends, if you're still in that place of disappointment and brokenness, welcome him into that. You will be amazed at what he can do with your disappointments when you give him a chance to. He is the only one. He is the only one that can take all this bad and turn it into good. He is the only one. And your invitation to him is never going to be wasted. I mean, again, back to Romans 8, 28. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. He is going to use all that you have been through, the good and the bad, He is going to use all of it. No day is wasted when you have welcomed him into it. And I want to end this in prayer. And I just want to pray over you because that's just what God's calling me to do right now. So that's what I'm going to do. Lord, I thank you for today. I thank you that we got this time to talk today. I thank you that you are greater than us I thank you for taking the things that we could only see as the depths of despair and turning them into glory for your kingdom. Lord, I ask that you free us from that pressure to reinvent ourselves and know that you, just by accepting you, that you have already freed us of all that pressure. Lord, I pray that as you're doing new things that we would see them But Lord, I also pray that we would see the ways our past is working to benefit our future, even if it doesn't look at all like what we thought. Lord, thank you for being you. Thank you for turning our pain into something powerful for your kingdom. Lord, I pray that you would turn our greatest disappointments into our greatest form of empowerment to impact people for you. And in your name I pray, amen. Friends, as our time here comes to an end, I want you to know that the resources don't stop here. Between blogs, Instagram, Instagram videos, and even these podcast episodes right here, I have lots of free resources and tools for you to be able to continue cultivating while in quarantine. Whether it's living intentionally with your daily habits, starting a garden, setting goals, or simply just resting well, you can cultivate during this quarantine. So if you head to livingthechronicillnesslife.com slash cultivating in quarantine, or simply head straight to the main page on living the chronic illness life so that you can access all of these free resources. Remember, you can always bloom and grow no matter where you've been planted. 
I'll see you next week. These days, home is where the everything is. Your work, your gym, the kids' school, your whole life. Xfinity XFi is internet built to handle it all. With XFi, you get the fastest speeds for all your streaming needs, coverage for all your devices, parental controls, and the Xfinity app to control everything. Keep your whole house humming with Xfinity XFi. It's simple, easy, awesome. Go to Xfinity.com slash XFi to learn more. 